0: It's been less than 24 hours since 13 aired, and my favorite ship, Chappiness, my characters and happiness, has been shot all to hell. This is Becky B. with the Concentrated Grounder cast, 5-minute commentary on the CW's The Hundred. Last night was the airing of the mind-blowing episode 307 entitled, 13. Social media last night was a firestorm of upset and angry people mourning the loss of our beloved Heda some are feeling real grief at the loss of this character not just because they loved lexa but because of what she and her relationship to clark represented to the lgbt community i don't think the creators of the hundred had any idea when they brought lexa on the show in season two how popular she would be with fans if they had they would have had alicia sign a longer contract In an article on TVLine.com, Jason Rothenberg cites that as the number one reason behind Lexa's death. They simply couldn't get Alicia Devnan Carey for more episodes than seven. But that's a Doylist explanation for her death. Let's delve into the plot of the episode and discuss all the Watsonian reasons. Let's start with Becca, because there's so much information given in the flashbacks that explain the mythology of the show this season, and with all our grief over the loss of Lexa, some important things might get lost. In Polaris Station, Becca is working on Alley 2.0, and the first thing we learn is that it's malfunctioning. We also see Becca give 2.0 commands and words that sound like Triga to slang, and we learn that the flaw in Alley 1.0 is that she doesn't understand what it is to be human, but 2.0 will because she will have a biological neural interface. We also see the beginning of the black blood as Becca injects herself with some black substance that must be necessary for the biological interface to work and it must have some sort of DNA component so that it can be passed on to future generations. It's unclear right now if Becca is brilliant or crazy, if Allie 2.0 is good or bad. Meanwhile, Octavia is brought before Lexa and it's Ascension Day. The idea of the reincarnation of the Spirits of the Commanders was given back in Season 2, and it's been brought up multiple times this season. Lexa comes up with a plan to blockade Arcadia, something I'm surprised she didn't do from the very beginning, which is enforced by a kill order. But Lexa wants to go around her own commands by inviting Clark to be her guest, and this is where we really start to see Lexa unravel emotionally. Up until this point, I think Lexa could justify her actions toward Clark and the 13th clan, but now she's clearly letting her feelings take over. This unraveling is more evident when she yells at Titus. And this is the first time I think we've really seen Lexa lose it. It's not just Lexa who's unraveling, though. Clark is trying to find any excuse to stay, and it takes Octavia, the person who has seen everything the most clearly this season, to talk some sense into her. And not just her, but Indra as well. This leads us to the beautifully shot and acted love scene between Clark and Lexa. There's so much emotion and so much to talk about here that my format just can't give it justice. But I highly recommend Tumblr and AO3 for further exploration of these topics. One thing I do have to bring up is the reference made while Clark is looking at Lexa's back tattoo about her conclave. Clark asks what happened to the 8th initiate, and Lexa doesn't answer. You can bet that that 8th initiate will be a big player in future episodes. Titus decides to kill Clark and Lexa is shot. This is a heartbreaking scene that is superbly acted by our two leads and Lexa dies. Ali too is then revealed and it reminds me of one of the souls from the host. The alien at the back of the neck thing is an overdone trope in sci fi, and I was super convinced that Ali was in Lexa's third eye. But either way, the reveal was pretty cool. I had guessed that Ali had influenced their religion, but I didn't know how directly. So the big question in my mind is how much of Lexa was Lexa the person, and how much was Ali? Was Lexa's strong desire for peace going against Ali 2? Or was Ali 2 adapting? Or was Ali 2 malfunctioning? Lexa's dream in the last episode suggests that Ali still wants the blood-must-have-blood blood policy. So if that's true, Lexa declaring with her last breath that there was more to life than just surviving was Lexa's greatest final victory. Lexa the woman overcame the influence of the A.I., we learned from Titus that part of being the commander was never falling in love, always being alone, so perhaps Becca knew that love could overpower the influence of Ally. Love, after all, according to Dumbledore, is the most powerful magic in the world. Lexa's love for Clark was the greatest victory of all, and who knows what impact that will have on the Allie chip and the next commander, and who knows how much of Lexa is left in Allie. As the curtain drops at the end of Act I... I'm confident that more answers are coming in Act 2, because we still have 10 more episodes of The 100. And on a personal note, I'd like to thank Alicia Dedman Carey, Jason Rothenberg, and the writers and creators of this show for the character Lexa. You took this middle-aged podcaster from a conservative religious community and helped her open up her heart and mind to all kinds of love. You helped her be a more understanding and compassionate person and I think it's pretty amazing that good storytelling can do that. So, thank you. This has been Becky B. of the Concentrated GrounderCast. Thanks for listening. You can talk to me on Twitter and Tumblr, at GrounderCast. And if you liked what you heard today, consider leaving me a 5-star rating on iTunes.